I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. Welcome, Welcome to, to Pisces Rising. Rising. We're two astrologers who both have Pisces Rising in our charts, and we want to talk about astrology with you. Go deep or go home. Welcome back to Pisces Rising. We are here for a special spooky Halloween episode. We're getting dirty with this one. We're going to talk about serial killers and what to look for to keep yourself safe in the charts. (laughs) Yep. There are some patterns astrologically with serial killers and murderers in general, and so we're going to dive into what that looks like and... Please keep in mind that just because you have one or two or many of these aspects, it doesn't mean you are a serial killer or are destined to be one. We, we have choices in life, and we can go in different directions, but these are some of the common patterns. And if you are alarmed and feel an alarm and maybe do want to kill people and then see the pattern in the chart, then maybe it's a good time to get help for that. Right. So... How are we going to organize this? We just are like freestyling. We're so, we're channelers. We freestyle and, you know, we had a different topic in mind and then thought this one would be more interesting and we're going with it. So do you want to start with the Mars-Venus conjunct? Yeah. So one of the common markers, I guess, of a serial killer is a Venus-Mars conjunction. And especially if it's in the 12th house, that's going to make it even stronger or if it's in Pisces. But... Generally speaking, a Venus-Mars conjunction will be found in a lot of serial killers' charts. What that does is it's going to typically make some kind of need to dominate, especially like the need to dominate in sort of a sexual, physical manner. So this is going to show up more in serial killers where there's a little bit more of a sexual component to their killing. And I I do want to warn everyone, this is probably going to get a little bit graphic. So if you're sensitive to such things, maybe wait till after Halloween and join us again. With Mars involved, there's going to be a little bit of an impulsivity there. They're going to feel maybe like they're ruled by their moods. They're a little bit unpredictable. And I think with Venus and Mars, there's usually a problem with women that can sometimes show up in that conjunction. Yeah, their feminine, masculine, Mars, Venus. Also, a lot of the times, the conjunction of Venus and Mars, the people embodying that feel like they cannot have love without pain. So love and pain happens in tandem, right? You have love, which is Venus, and relaxation and softness, but then you have Mars, which is fire and aggression and activity and it's a very masculine planet and when they're in the same place you know they can feel this sense of of conflict because they're working together they don't see a difference there's no aspect well the aspect is their conjunct so love and pain are very very similar to them to the person embodying them and other things especially in a mutable sign because oh yes when the sign is mutable they're going to absorb the energy of Venus and Mars because mutable makes you more absorbent. So when you're more absorbent, not only are you going to absorb the sign that it's in, you are also going to absorb equally the traits of Venus and the traits of Mars into your being. So they're not working separately. They're working together. And they're planets that don't necessarily... They can work in tandem, you know, in a love and sex way, 
but they also can, you know, Mars is not about love at all. It's about aggression. It's about expression. It's about war. It's about fire. It's um, the burning loins, you know. It's like Mars is where you see, you know, if somebody is sexually conflicted or has buried rage. So this is coming through with Venus, which is very loving and unconditional. It kind of gets, um, I don't want to say tainted, because so many people have Mars-Venus conjunct, but when it's an immutable sign, you're absorbing so much, and it almost acts as like a dopamine to consistently feel pleasure or adrenaline. Mars is so much about adrenaline, and Venus is about pleasure. So the combination in Sagittarius, Gemini, or Pisces is going to really pick up the tension there in feeling a need for control or actually just literally being controlled by Venus and Mars and embodying that. Yeah, and I think that sometimes that pattern will show up in childhood, Venus and Mars sort of representing the early exposure to what feminine and masculine energy should be like. So it's going to be very powerful and potent in childhood. So usually there's a very almost explosive relationship between the parents. Either that or there's one that's very dominant, either the mother or the father. But either way, there's some sort of unhealthy balance and unhealthy view of what love is and how it's tied to pain that the person might learn in childhood. And I found an example. So there was a serial killer named Paul Bernardo he was a rapist serial killer and he had Mars exactly conjunct Venus within zero degrees, like right on top. He killed four people. He was, he was known as the schoolgirl killer. So he would kill younger teenage girls, which is probably a good example of that domination Mars energy taking over that sort of innocence of Venus. And taking out the femininity. Yeah. And he was a Virgo. And I think we mentioned like most of the sort of mainstream serial killers that you hear about are going to have mutable sun signs. And it's uh, not to say that all serial killers have that, but a lot of them do. And I think we'll dive a little bit more into what the mutability does as we continue. But Generally speaking, even though this conjunction was in Cancer, he had a lot of mutable energy in his chart. We've been looking at these patterns and studying them for years, whether it's studying somebody who is famous and does rock and roll and understanding their lyrics. This is for astrologers looking at serial killers and looking at things involving crime the patterns are so obvious in astrology that it is actually a very helpful thing to study and notice because then when you're not a serial killer, which is most of the world, <laughs> but you see these patterns, you still can understand the velocity of it or the obviousness of it. So that is why we have been looking at these patterns for a long time. Both Ash and I are always looking at people who are knowns charts, whether we're, we're curious and we want to know more about them or just seeing the pattern. Um, it's a little bit easier than like noticing the patterns of all your friends because you could be a little bit more objective about it. So this is not like a sick fetish. It's just... No, it, well, it's psychological. It's interesting in just a measurable way. I, I, I know a little bit about it, but... I've definitely been going strong with this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know like... a little bit about it, but as far as the examples go, I needed to pull up specifics. But I wanted to add about that guy, Bernardo. He committed a lot of his crimes with his wife, and she had the same Mars conjunct Venus in her chart. 
And so, so there's kind of this like weird working together <laughs> sickness that happens. And if you have Mars conjunct Venus in your chart, or if you meet someone who has it, that does not mean that they're a serial killer or that they are going to be violent against women. But it's one of several signposts that you should maybe look out for. And like, you know, Ted Bundy, Dahmer, I can't specifically remember all the exact ones that had it but the ones that you watch true crime about are the ones that have are the ones that have it I I at one point specifically googled serial killers with the Mars and Venus conjunct and there there was a lot of names that I totally recognized that had that particular placement along with like a mutable sun sign as well mm-hmm. Yeah, so the mutability for sure. I think it might be interesting to explore why the mutable signs over the cardinal or the fixed signs are the ones that we see. And so often serial killers, so we're specifically talking about not, you know, one-time murderers. We're talking specifically about people who killed probably three or more people over the span of their lives. And so these people, many of them have either the sun or the moon and immutable sign. And generally speaking, they have some sort of conjunction in immutable sign as well in their chart. And what this does is the mutable energy is so open. It can be swayed and it can be moved. So what I think, this is my personal theory, is I think that a lot of these people are sort of activated by transits going on in the sky. So mutable energy is very much like it can be activated by a lot. Like it can be activated by subtle whims. It can be activated by other people's energy. Whereas fixed tends to be pretty consistent in its presentation and it's um, a little more stubborn. It's not going to budge as much when the transits come. It's not going to budge quite as much. It knows who and what it is. Cardinal energy doesn't want to be pushed around. It's very much initiatory in and of itself, whereas the mutable energy will move. It will shift. So if there are positive transits, that's all well and good. I mean, serial killers usually have normal lives too or relatively normal lives between the killings that they do so these are the times when maybe they're having positive transits then a negative transit comes or a negative progression comes on their chart and that mutable energy just gets shifted entirely by it and almost taken over that's my personal theory yeah mutable people tend to be more controlled by the moon specifically as well if you think about how mutable water is yes um and the moon is the subconscious so this like dark other persona could come out with these transits that create this from happening. And that's another thing that I have noticed in the patterns of when certain kills happen is they are also triggered by transits, exactly what you just said. So Gemini, we can kind of think of it as almost two sides. So those are more of the serial killers that have like a very charming exterior. Like they can completely charm people, but then there's this other sort of side to them that comes out that's hidden. And Virgo can manifest in a similar way because Virgo can be seem very controlled and put together on the outside, but there can be sort of dark thoughts lingering under the surface. Yeah, that's a really good thought. And then the Virgos too, you know, the Virgos do, they do have a dark side and it's very mentally dark. And some of it is to be able to like understand and they do, they will get crazy to be able to understand something, like dissect or, you know, wanting to see the inside of the body. Sometimes it's just for, like, information or to feel a sense of control and mm-hmm. a sense of power. 
by exerting control over someone else. Again, this is like the really dark of the dark we're talking about with signs, whether it's a sun sign or a moon, a Venus or a Mars conjunct, whatever the aspect may be, we are literally talking about like the signs, the dark subconscious part of the signs, people who have not worked through shit or have been victims or traumatized because of their mutability and then acting from that place of devastation to begin with. But on, on the same level, knowing it doesn't fit in society, so finding ways to hide it. But there's also a huge feeling of emptiness inside. Right, and I think looking at the other two mutable signs, Sagittarius, they are real thrill seekers and they will sometimes do something just to feel and just to kind of experience what it's like. And so if there is that potential for that kind of dark energy to come out, they might do it as a thriller of adrenaline to commit the crime and then to cover it up. It might be something that they almost get energized off of. And then with Pisces, Pisces is known for being really empathic and really empathetic. And so it's kind of weird to think about Pisces in that way, but it's funny because a lot of these serial killers do have conjunctions in Pisces specifically, or with Neptune, who is the ruler of Pisces. Because I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it doesn't quite make sense. It actually, yes, it makes complete sense okay. to me. And this is why. Neptune is the planet of dissolve, and so is Pisces. And they're the most mutable of the mutable. Mm. Um, so they're just this crazy pool of water, which are easily influenced. So I think that these Pisces killers are really encouraged by someone else and have a, a, a brainwashed manipulation thing that actually happens to them beginning at a very young age, but also it could even happen as they're like seeking some sort of love or partnership. What does that person that they're into need them to do? Uh, and because they're so vulnerable, that it's very easy to convince them of something. So a lot of times they might like fall in love with the wrong person. And then the other option too, or the other thing that I feel about this Pisces energy, this spilt glass of water that kind of gets contaminated by what's around it is Neptune, yes, it's empathetic, but it also cannot give a fuck. It doesn't care. It like it yes, it's sometimes about unconditional love, but there's also this detachment. It's not embodied at all and it doesn't care. Therefore it could do something really heartless and actually not care. It's dissociative almost. Yes. So they can almost leave their body and do it and because they're almost so accepting they can almost accept their own crime and they can accept themselves and they're or they can completely compartmentalize it yep and never look at it again and maybe like, they won't even remember it. it maybe they block it out yeah yeah it's like being an empty vessel and having like being possessed by like a demon and having the demon do that crime because you're empty or lost so you leave you're not embodied you leave a void within yourself and then something comes over you and you do it i would actually say that the Pisces energy is the least calculating, but the most almost spontaneous or like take over in the sense of, all right, here's my opportunity. You know, something clicks with them or the other energy comes to them and they just do it where Sag, Gems, and Virgos will calculate the crime. Yes. Yeah, and I, I can't remember if we were talking about this before the we started recording, but I was saying that there are some serial killers that have, you know, Aries or whatever, but they tend to be more like crimes of passion. They're less planned out. They sort of happen. There's actually more 
murderers who did like, a single murder and then were like, what did I do that were like Aries? Because that, that's like that impulsive energy. It's more just like in a fit of anger it happens and then they're like, oh my god, my life is over. Yeah. Whereas the mutable can convince itself that it's okay and then it can kind of go through its life again or they can go through their lives again and then it just happens again and again and this pattern is formed. There's a shape-shifting to mutability for sure yeah and the shape-shifting is different with each mutable sign Pisces probably being the strongest of the shape-shifters that anything goes because they're mutable water and shape-shifting when you shape-shift you can justify what you're doing yeah to not feel guilt yeah okay yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about the 12th house, too, and then we can jump into some of the other aspects. A lot of serial killers have at least one planet in the 12th house. Often they'll have several planets in the 12th house in a conjunction. And I think that that is interesting because there's a removal almost of the conscious mind from the subconscious with the 12th house. And... You know, if you have a lot of planets in the 12th house, don't despair. What it just means is that there's a lot going on in the subconscious that may or may not be noticed by the conscious mind. And that can be, you know, positive. It can be that you're very intuitive, that you're very in touch with the dream world. Maybe you have a really strong past life connection. It can be really positive. But it can also be that sort of dissociative energy. The 12th house is the Pisces house. So again, it's going to have a little bit of that mutable water energy even if the planets are in different signs than Pisces and another thing that's interesting about the 12th house is it's the house of prison and institutions so often these are the, the serial killers that we know about are the ones that were caught right so those are the ones that often spend their whole life in jail or you know um, a psych ward or are executed and so that 12th house energy does kind of depict that as well yeah, there's something like undoing about the 12th house, confusing. It is like it's almost melty. It's almost like it's not a house at all or like a house floating in space. Yeah. Where you having a planet there is the aspect of yourself that's going to literally feel like you're in a different world. And a world you don't understand as well because it's a world that's very different to this world. Also, past life stuff. What are you carrying in from other lives? That comment used to annoy the shit out of me when people would sit across from me and be like, I don't know what I did in a past life to deserve this. It's like, well, that's kind of an excuse, but you do bring in, that's what the 12th house is. It's karma from past lives as well, and it's something that is very hard to clear in this lifetime because of not exactly knowing what it is. So a lot of the times people need to identify you know, who they are to be able to clear it. But with the 12th house, it's hard to identify. So it's just important to keep it clear by focusing on clarity and focusing on what you could be doing now. Go, go moving it to the first house, moving it to the... Everything we said about Neptune, put that in the 12th house. It's going to be the same energy because Neptune rules over the 12th house. It's a, the house of Pisces. So that energy is just... It's so elusive, it's so shadowy and shape-shifty, you know, and it actually could be a good disguise for romance and flowers and roses and seduction, and it also knows the things to do to the storybook fairy tale, to, to have that appearance, um, but, but those things you think of that are unrealistic, like your knight in shining armor, or the prince coming to sweep you off your feet, or kissing a toad to turn into a prince or a king... That's all 12th house stuff. It's imagination that you create with your mind and then manifest it into reality 
pretty much accidentally because of not having identifications with why you're having those thoughts and just letting the imagination and the vision take place and embody you without an awareness. Yeah, so having the more like malefic planets in the 12th house, that's when it can start to turn a little bit darker, like having Saturn or Pluto in the 12th house. That's when those fantasies that Heather was talking about are going to turn a little bit darker. There's almost this fantasy of, like with Pluto, there's a fantasy of having power and control within the 12th house. With Saturn in the 12th house, there's a almost this fantasy for giving people their punishment, basically. This person was mean to me, and now I need to like punish them. And that can show up as just being you know, maybe frustrated by people in your class when you're younger. It doesn't necessarily need to turn into, I'm a serial killer now, but, you know, it can if the karma is heavy enough and if the individual is dissociated enough and has enough trauma. And also, with these killers that we're talking about, on some level, they're all very imaginative because it's not like they're just killing you and you're dead. There's a whole thing that happens before it. And that's what's actually really scary is they put you into a traumatic position before they even take your life, which would be torture or rape or keeping you captive, you know, before you turn a certain age and they're done with you. So there's a lot more that goes to their methodology than just taking you out, where the mutable Pisces energy might just be this imagination and then them putting them to it in reality the energy of it is is really not like the kill is the finale, but what happens before that, whether it's planned out or it's not planned out, it's not just they're seeking you out to take your life. There's opportunity in reigning control because of a lack of control. So the energy of control that's exerted when you're, you know, captured when somebody would be captured during one of the situations, there's so much more that that happens. And then the other the other aspect of it is there that mutable energy is also very convincing. So some people can brainwash you to get you to do the kill or, you know, whoever is brainwashable. There, there are some... Do you remember the name of the serial killer that didn't actually kill, but he got other people to kill? He had a cult. Manson? Was that Charles Manson? Yeah, Charles yeah. Manson, yeah. You know, so... He was very charismatic. He had a really positively aspected Mercury, which is interesting because he used that to, sort of to control other people. Yeah, that's the same as, like, you know, Hitler or these genocides or devastations that are happening. You know, it's the same kind of weird calculation of how to, you know, brainwash people. In, in a way, it's kind of happening in the world right now. You know, it does take an extreme amount of manipulation. And I would say that the difference between these, these aspects in one's chart is the aspects could, depending on how you're raised, could manifest where you are extremely manipulative and calculating by having these conjunctions or 12th house stuff, especially 12th house stuff. You could end up being very manipulative because it's so hard to even think of what you want that you just learn manipulation almost naturally with these really elusive placements that it's easier to be manipulative and then be direct so so you spend so much time doing that and seeing that it works for you know not not really works but doing it and having it work for the individual in a way where they're like, okay, this is how I get what I want, so they keep going 
with that manipulative energy and that calculating energy. Yes, it's very disturbing, but there is a little bit of a wiring that goes with that. Some of it, it's like, it's astrology and it's how you're raised and how you're nurtured. And when you have so much mutability in your chart, it is of vital importance to be nurtured as a child because mutability needs a container and it needs to know, it needs to be shown what solid is and left to in its own devices. It's just going to be a puddle that's going to have to like figure it out for themselves and there's not really anything direct about that. So if there's a really mutable person that is around, people that are really power hungry or mean to them or can't show them a good example of love, then that potential is just that much stronger for that to turn into a dark situation. So Ted Bundy is a very famous serial killer and he had Saturn-Pluto conjunct in the 12th house. So that's a good example of someone who had that. Did you see Zac Efron play Ted Bundy? I did not. It, he's he's good. It's, That's the second time we're talking like, about Zac Efron. I know, and it's like, how do you, like, I almost felt guilty being so attracted to him while he was playing this killer. <laughs> That's it's really like, funny. Okay. So, were there other aspects you wanted to talk about? Pluto square sun. Yeah. Sun square Pluto is a, another example of a common aspect of serial killers. Also, Mars and Pluto, I think. Harsh Mars and Pluto aspects could do that as well. The Mars-Pluto being more violent than yeah. the Sun-Square Pluto. Yeah, Sun-Square sure. Pluto is, I think, maybe more planned out. I would feel like Sun-Square Pluto is really calculated and really could probably go a long time without being caught. And the calculation. Dangerous. The calculation would be more fun than the kill with a sun Square Pluto. Yeah. Do you think Sun opposite Pluto would do it? I kind of don't feel like it would. No, because it's going to be two completely different. The Sun is going to want one thing and Pluto is going to want another thing. And there's extreme frustration with a Sun square Pluto because the Sun is like light and here I am. And the Pluto's like, here's my little demon. I want to make sure the Sun doesn't come up. And the Sun is like, I just want to burn this energy out. So there's way more conflict. Yeah, it's light and darkness, and it's kind of a destructive energy. It's very underworld, like Hadean energy in that case. So the sun square Pluto is more of a serial killer that would plot out the kills, and they would have a whole plan. They would be the one that has a soundproof room. It's all set up. It's not sloppy in any way, which is kind of more terrifying in my opinion. They'd be really lonely, and they'd be a loner. Yeah. Exactly. And unless they had some really positive Mercury ascendant stuff, in which case they could put on a good face, but there would be the secret loner self beneath that exterior. Yeah, whereas Mars and Pluto and Square would make them less calculating, less planny, and more capable of snapping, which I actually think would get them caught quicker than somebody with the sun square Pluto. It would definitely be more abrupt. The um, Mars is, you know, Mars and the sun have very similarities, although at Mars there's a sense of it being the dark of the sun. You know, it's still fiery, but it's aggro, right? And it's aggro extroverted, and Pluto is introverted. So the Mars is going to pull that darkness out of, uh, the Mars has its own darkness, and it's also going to pull some darkness out of, out of Pluto. And that's just a really impulsive combination, regardless of whether you're a killer or not. 
Yeah, it is. So Sun squared Pluto, it's just going to create a lot of frustrations with authority specifically. I got to be honest, I have that in my chart. It's loose. It's within six degrees. So I'm not a serial killer. I can assure you, but um, it does create some frustration. I always want to know why. Like if someone tells me what to do, I always want to know why. And I want to make sure that they know what they're talking about. I'm not going to blindly just be like, okay. And that's the way it manifests for me. But somebody with a really tight sun square Pluto, especially in those mutable sign, is going to maybe feel that similar issue with authority and maybe they were pushed around a lot as a child maybe they had a dad that was mean to them or maybe they had you know a stepfather or something like that there's sort of this masculine energy of violence that they were taught from a young age that could show up in the chart yeah the other thing too about this square is it it could make you really hermity feel like we were talking about lonely and feel really frustrated but also the sun is going to have a need for some sort of interaction. And that's the way the interaction could manifest. Yeah, it's almost like they maybe capture someone and want them to be their friend or something, but the person's like terrified and then they get mad and kill them. Like it could be that type of thing too. If those signed Virgo too, I feel like they could never get caught. Like, they would just be, they would clean up after everything. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a gross way. I mean, like, clean up all the little details, the trail. It's very calculating. Sun square Pluto is very calculating. It can be subtly manipulative. Yeah, it's calculating, but it's also subconscious because Pluto is subconscious. So it's, it's like you're a natural-born calculator, but you don't even see how much you're putting into it, especially if you're not interacting with other people. Yeah. And you're, like, living this all in your own little world. I could see where you would really focus on, on details, too. It's less imaginative than the other things that we were talking about, and maybe a little bit more about, I don't know, I could almost see them a sun square Pluto to do more research and to, like learn about how to do things through like underground books or like anarchy yeah they would know better than to like do a google search for how to kill somebody you know because they would be like that's traceable i'm gonna find a book in a library and nobody will know that i picked this up yeah i could see where the sense of privacy would be really important yeah because pluto pluto's private you know and it is. The, the sun no it's not private at all too but the sun knows its place I don't know that Pluto really knows its place. Mm-mm. I think it just is like, my place is the underworld, and that's where anything can happen. If you think of the myth that Pluto, the planet, is named after, the Roman god Pluto, which is the same as the Greek god Hades, who basically kidnaps Persephone and drags her to the underworld and keeps her as his prisoner. I mean, it's not hard to see where this aspect kind of gets its feeling from. You know, that's really kind of the energy that we're talking about here. I think that's good for aspects. You can start talking about asteroids and I'm going to find a chart to talk about. Okay, perfect. Okay, so one of my astrology clients recently asked me to do a shadow report for her. So she wanted to dive into the dark side of her chart and she wanted to look at heavy past life lessons. And so in doing that, I did a lot of research, especially on asteroids, because If you know anything about asteroids, there's so many of them. They all have different meanings. They all have different myths attached to them. And so I'm still definitely a student of this, but the other day I found out some really interesting asteroids that can indicate 
serial killers and also their victims. There's an asteroid which is considered a Hadean asteroid, which means it's close to Pluto. So it's beyond Pluto, it's further away than Pluto, and um, that asteroid is called Ixion. Now, Ixion is very much like Pluto in the mythology. It's considered another underworld energy, but this specific way that Ixion manifests in the birth chart is kind of like the rebel without a cause. It's someone that doesn't feel like they fit into society, and so they actively want to buck the traditions. It's very unemotional, so it's kind of like that Mars energy. So when Ixion is badly aspected by Mars or Chiron or the moon, that can create the right recipe for a serial killer, we can put it that way. Then there is the asteroid called Nessus. So Nessus often shows up in the charts of abusers specifically. Um, we all have Nessus in our chart. We ha all have all of these asteroids in our charts. There are thousands of asteroids. Like you could go down this rabbit hole for like decades if you wanted to with different asteroids. But Nessus is going to be prominent in the charts of people that are kind of stuck in a cycle of abuse. Any conjunctions with Nessus are going to be worth looking at, and what that can indicate, especially like Nessus with the moon, the sun, conjunct Saturn, any of those, basically conjunct anything, it's going to be worth looking at, because what that can show you is that the person was maybe abused in childhood, or maybe they were in a family where abuse was common, or maybe they are abusers themselves. And not everyone who has a Nessus conjunction is going to be an abuser, but often there is the cycle within the family that they then have the free will to break out of if they're able to, if they, the conditions are right, if they, you know, experience love in their lives, whatever the case may be. So that's another one. And then there is an asteroid, one called um, Sado, S-A-D-O. And Sado is like the sadist asteroid. It's like the production of sexual feelings when inflicting pain on others. So often the serial killers that derive pleasure from rape or taking control over women if Sado is conjunct the Sun, Mars, if it's badly aspected by Pluto, Saturn, or Venus, if it's in the 12th house, those are all things to consider. And then there's also the victim asteroid is Dejanira, D-E-J-A-N-I-R-A, and this will often show up aspected by the moon, the sun, close conjunction, and typically with these asteroids, you're going to want the aspect to be within a couple degrees for it to really matter. If it's like even a, a, an orb of three degrees or wider, I probably wouldn't count it for this because it's really going to be a lot stronger since these asteroids are pretty far away. They're not necessarily going to be felt as much if the orb is wider, but Dejanira will often show up in the charts of victims or people that tend to just find themselves in a lot of bad relationships, just kind of like treated poorly by others in their lives. It's sort of like this continual victim or martyr complex that shows up. So that's another good one to check, specifically in Sinistry too. If you do a Sinistry chart between yourself and a potential partner, if you have badly aspected Nessus and Dejanera in the combined chart, that will kind of show you that maybe that's going to bring out some weird control issues for each other in the chart. So just some things to keep in mind, some things to study and 
a little homework for you. Yeah, the asteroids are, they, they get really deep, and they're a lot more prominent than you would think. There's an asteroid for, like, everything. There's an asteroid, apparently, that tells you whether you're going to have bad eyesight. There's so many. Names, friends, relationships, all that's asteroids, too. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed when I even start learning about it. But it's very interesting, and Demetra George is a really great reference for asteroids, because she specializes in that. That's cool. So I have John Wayne Gacy's chart on here. I don't know if we should do somebody that... That's have a, you heard of him? Oh, yeah. that's. A, I okay. think he's a he's a common one. He's... For anyone who can't quite think of who that is, he is the serial killer that dressed up as a clown at children's birthday parties. He was, like, beloved in his community. People thought he was a great member of the community. He had a family of his own. He was considered an upstanding citizen, but he raped and killed children so boys specifically boys, but yeah. lots of this and hit it with business he owned construction company and stuff like that so he's very mutable sun conjunct moon in pisces and it is well it's technically not squaring i can't quite see the ascending but there's a loose square between the ascendant and sagittarius so very watery and this the sun and the moon are in the fourth house Ooh. Right? They're in the house of cancer, the house of like wanting a home, you know, feeling a, a ne- feeling maybe starvation, yearning, you know, a childhood. Maybe he never got to be a boy and you really, you know, you need a lot of nurturing with this placement, the sun and moon in Pisces, especially as a male because it is such a feminine, sensitive, intuitive place that could be really easy to corrupt. And then, you know, needing to, that sad rising filtering over this energy, you know, needing to explore or needing that adventure, that adrenaline. And um, sad rising would make him come off as like a jovial, clownish figure. People would be like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Oh, he's the life of the party. You know, that sad rising has that tendency. And the Mars is in Gemini which is also mutable, and it's not quite conjunct but close to Jupiter. And then... Jupiter's in Gemini too? Yeah, Jupiter's in Gemini too. It seems like it's maybe five degrees apart, so maybe a loose conjunction. So these are all mutable. Yep, all that's mutable, along with a north node in Virgo and a Neptune in Virgo as well. So he's got everything going on. The Mercury is is literally bordering, so literally on the cusp, probably zero degrees between Pisces and Aquarius, and the Venus is also in Aquarius. So that's going to bring, no, it's not mutable, but the Aquarian energy is very cold. A Venus in Aquarius in general is going to make it a little tougher for you to have those like lovely feelings of love or, or sensitivity. It's going to be very easy to detach or to try to take away something that you do love. Yeah, that is so much mutable. That's crazy. And it, he's also highly aspected. Yeah. Pretty negatively. There's some intense... So he's got sun and moon opposite Neptune, too. So that's one of those patterns that we were talking about. So that's going to make that sort of fantasy life of the moon and the sun. It's... What he presents with the sun is going to be very opposite from the fantasy life of Neptune. And the moon opposite Neptune, that makes me wonder if he had some weird mother issues as a child. I'm actually going to look up what his childhood was. Yeah, also the sun and the moon in the fourth house is going to be weird childhood as well. Weird relationship with the mother. Yeah. If it's not good, it's going to be toxic. Like, it either has to be good, and if it's not good, it, it's it's toxic. Like, I think that... 
mothers in general really need to consider if they're if a mother is not a water sign, she really needs to consider raising her child if the child is very watery and understanding that they're actually like a delicate little flower and that the strength that the mutability and that he would get would literally come from the mother. So if the mother is not strong or manipulative, it is going to bring a lot of grief. Okay, so John Wayne Gacy actually, his father was very abusive. He was an alcoholic and John Wayne Gacy's mother was... He was very close to his mother, and he got teased a lot for it, being called a mama's boy and a lot worse things than that. And his father would beat him for his homosexual feelings, basically. He was very close to his mother, and his mother would try to protect him from the father. So I guess that's kind of that energy. He had a lot of that feminine energy, like you said, the Pisces, but he never felt accepted or loved by his father. Yeah, and And the mom did nurture him, but it still obviously caused some problems, or maybe the nurturing was an over-nurturing to accept this thing that was already inside him or to create it even more and maybe you're right that he never felt like he had uh, the chance to really be like a a boy enjoying his childhood if he was tormented by his father is that a wrap? I think so thank you for joining us for this kind of dark episode we wanted to do something kind of Halloween related (laughs) next time we'll get back to some of the requests that people had for upcoming episodes keep sending those in if you want us to look at any celebrity charts let us know yeah we're also talking about doing compatibility and that was one of the plans we were maybe thinking about for today but we want to find a way where compatibility amongst relationships is something that everyone will listen to so we're just figuring out a format for how to do that and if we end up doing like Aries and all signs compatible with Aries and doing one of those maybe once a month, you know, would you still listen to the whole thing? Let us know. Or would you just wait for your sign? Yeah, because we were, yeah, exactly. We were thinking, like, doing an episode, Aries compatibility with each of the signs, and then a month later, Taurus's compatibility. Yeah, but if you're, you know, a Gemini dating a Leo, are you going to tune into the Aries and Taurus episodes? So we just want to make sure we're not boring you. We want to make sure we're making content that everyone can enjoy. So... We have yes. over 2,000 listens in about six months, and we want to keep getting those listens. It's yes. very exciting. So thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Go deeper, go home. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a celebrity chart or a topic, or to get a reading with us or see our upcoming classes, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. Email us, PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.